You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about Christopher Nolan's superhero epic on its 10-year anniversary, The Dark Knight. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Yeah, let's just go ahead and get all the uh, the Batman impersonations just out of the way. Well, we have we have, we have another impersonation. It's all part of the plan. Wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Uh, well, welcome to the uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we are tonight's entertainment. Uh, I'm Brian Elkins. With me here, Jeremy Benson. Well, I guess if you're listening to it at night, it would be tonight's entertainment. But if you're listening at day, we're your entertainment now. It's well, night I, somewhere all the time. Well, I, I, that was a Joker line, you know, in the movie. Anyway, uh, and uh, <laughs> Mr. Jerry Callen. How's it going? It's going great, man. So it's we like, are talking about The Dark Knight, gentlemen. Yes. On its 10-year anniversary. Man, I can't believe it's been 10 years. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a big thing, guys. I mean, like, uh, when this movie came out, it was a big deal. It's uh, got a huge lasting impact, not only, I think, um, in the comic book genre of filmmaking, but just in filmmaking, period. Yeah. Uh, I remember, like, when this uh, first came out, there was the uh, the Best Picture com- controversy. Like, it didn't get nominated for Best Picture, but it, like, how many Oscars did it get nominated for? Like, fucking everything? But yeah, picture pretty much everything, yeah, except for Picture and Director. And I think they, they went back the next year. They're like, you know what? <laughs> We're going to make it, uh, you, we can nominate 10. As many as we want. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, they did change it because I think one year they did like nine or something. Right. So it wasn't like they changed it to 10 nominations permanently, but they expanded it for uh, past five for sure because of this movie. It was a game changer. It changed the way uh, superhero movies were made and uh, it, it brought a realism to the superhero genre. It did. It did. You know, I would say you think 
It's because he had a, a lot of inspiration from Heat. I hear that a lot, that this is totally, you know, his take on Heat. Well, he's come out and said that himself. Okay, well, then that's why I hear it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I did see him in an interview talking about, and I brought this up during the Superman, that he wanted to take that same approach that let's treat it like a, a serious subject and not try to make it goofy just because it's Batman. Right. I think that was more of the plan with Batman Begins, but then this one went just so much further. Cause, I mean, this is not only is it a good comic book movie, as if that's like, you know, a bad thing. It's a good crime movie. It's an action movie. It's a drama. It, it's so much in one package. Well, I think that they originally were going to do um, this one was uh, the Joker story. And then the next one, they, you know, they had a script that was going to be the Harvey Dent story. But they kind of like combined them all together to make more of an epic. Yeah, I had no idea when this movie first was coming out that Two-Face was actually going to be in the film. Yeah, I didn't know that until I saw the movie. You, you didn't think that it was uh, it wasn't we didn't get enough. I feel like it, it wrapped it up too quickly. No, really. No, Ma- I, don't, I don't think that. At maybe all. first viewing. First you and I, I did have some problems with it. It is paced uh, differently from action films, even, you know, action movies 10 years ago. This is slower, even for movies. Oh, it is ar- yeah. around the same time period. It's but it nice. works. It's, it's nice. They let it. But breathe. it but, oh, it, yeah, but really it's also breathe. like very packed with information. Oh, yeah. It's not slower in the sense of like, oh, man, I wish this movie would hurry up. Like everything is moving. It's just I don't know the word for it. Brain fart. You're the editor. Um, yeah, yeah. It's where you have like they have like one scene, but they're throwing like three pieces of information out at the audience at one time. Right. You know, like it, Scarecrow's like first scene. This is what happened to Scarecrow from last movie. You know. Right. We're wrapping up that. Yeah, we're seeing his drug business. Or you're getting introduced to the um, imitation Batman. To, to the vigilante Batman. Yeah, yeah. Right. Reasoning why he wants a new suit. Yeah, and you're actually seeing, like, Batman out on patrol in the city. Right. Which is I, nice. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of stuff. You know how when you watch some movies, there's that scene that you're like, that's a good scene, but you, you could lose it. Like, this is just, everything is needed. I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think adding Harvey Dent's story into this, really, it kind of, he's, he's the guy that, that Bruce Wayne wants to be. You know, he's the guy that's, that's out in the open. He's the White Knight versus the Dark Knight. You know, he's actually out using his own name. He even mentions that, you know, when he halfway makes fun of him in front of everybody, you know, when he, you know, invites him to the party. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So I think that's really cool. It shows the the contrast. And it actually, it feels like that this movie's, the backbone of this movie is Harvey Dent. This is like his movie. You yeah. Know, with, with everything else kind of going around it. Well, it, it works with nice, like, parallels. Like, you know, like you said, you have the white knight, the dark knight. So, and it's like, uh, you have the Joker and Batman, uh, chaos, order. He's going to have to break his one rule. The Joker has no problem murdering. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout this film. So they, they do play off the, um, the dualities between the characters and how their themes. Well, it's also a perfect insertion of the Joker because you've got Harvey Dent, you know, fighting crime the traditional way, courtroom style, <clears throat> laws. You got Batman, the vigilante, but then you've got this criminal who's, all his goal is, is to cause chaos. Right. Like, how do you stop that with laws or anything else other than that one rule of just kill the guy? It's simple. We kill the Batman. 
If it's so simple, why haven't you done it yet? Never do anything that you could never do anything you're good at and not get paid for it. That's why. I need to take that to heart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. I think I think everybody in this room could could you know benefit from that. Nobody show me a magic trick though. Okay. One second, let me show you. Oh no! <laughs> Put that pencil away. It was not a euthanism. Um, How did he get that pencil to stand up on the table like that? I thought he jabbed it into the table. Did he jab it into the table? It, it, you know, it, it probably wasn't actual wood. I'm sure they had, like, you know, fiberboard. Right, yeah. Yeah, put cheap. something where it would... S- the criminals use a cheap table. <laughs> it's Christopher Nolan. Like, he's like... I'm sure he threw in some, like, practical little gag there where... I mean, the, the guy is crazy. Like, the, the bat pod in the film, like, actually... They actually built that. They dr- drove it around on the street. It does not turn well. Um, that's why you see the CGI wheels when it, you know, whenever it's got to do a sharp turn. Right. But it can ramp up into a parking garage with no problem. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Somehow. Maybe, you know, maybe the circle's big enough. Yeah. I don't know. I'm making excuses here. Uh, this was the first movie um, shot with uh, IMAX cameras. Yeah, yeah. Portions of it, right? Well, yeah, it was it was only 20, what, 25, 28, somewhere around that ballpark uh, minutes of actual edited footage in the movie but still yeah i remember being thrown off when i went and saw it saw it somewhere i remember <clears throat> i don't remember where and the aspect ratio kept changing and I was oh like, was it really oh that was hell? nashville man that's crazy so like, they did they didn't adjust for the aspect ratio even on the blu-ray they don't oh wow that's crazy like if you watch the blu-ray of it the imax screens the imax shots fill your tv yeah and then the 235 have the letterbox no way that's crazy like my kids caught on to it when we watched it on Blu-ray. They were like, "Why'd the picture just change?" They thought the TV was messing up. You know, I, I started watching a version of it earlier, and it was doing that to me. And I thought that I was watching a full-screen version. No, those are the IMAX scenes. Okay, so that's all right. So cool. Yeah. So, you get, so, so then I went. I went and dug up my DVD, you know, and plugged that in to watch it because I thought I thought I thought that the version that I had was you know. I hate when you when you blow up a two three five one aspect ratio to sixteen by nine. It makes oh. me want to stab people. Yeah, it's yeah. the IMAX shot versus the anamorphic. That's crazy. I love that they use the full negative on that. That's cool. Well, it's not the full negative. It's actually cropped again um, because you'd get uh, pillar boxes on the right and left of your uh, right. of your TV if you were actually getting the whole aspect ratio. That's crazy. Makes me want to go watch it again. <laughs> because uh, because uh, the IMAX full frame is it's closer to 4.3. Is it? Yeah. That's crushing my brain right now. I have to look that up. IMAX cameras, bro. 70 millimeter. Well, they shoot, what is it? Is it 65 they 65, shoot? 65 they blow up to 70. Yeah. When they Some of Kubrick's films are shot in that more 4.3 aspect. Yeah. like uh, There were other cameras that shot in 70 millimeter um, outside of the IMAX. I guess the IMAX cameras, I'm not 100% sure what's special well, about well, them. Anything that it shoots anamorphic lenses is actually shooting to 4.3 film. And it's yes. squeezing down to that square aspect ratio and then you know unwrapping itself. So I'm interested to, I don't know. I got to look that aspect ratio thing up about IMAX cameras. That's crazy. Which is weird because we're so used to like epic movies being wide. Right. And you think about it, it's, it's just that we're used to it. <laughs> There's no really. Well, what I was told uh, why, why they did that is because if you think about your vision, yeah. uh, you know, you're actually seeing more to the left and right than you are, you know, up and down, up and down. So that's why they're mimicking that, that look from, you know, your peripheral vision. And plus, like, if you're a character in a movie, you can't see things unless the camera sees it. <laughs> That's true. Which is how Batman uh, surprises the Joker at the party. 
you know, no one gasps or anything. Oh fuck, it's Batman. He just kind of is like, uh, "What well, tried to with me? What's the line? What's the line?" He's like, "He's like, then you're gonna love then me. Then you're gonna love me." And he jumps in. <laughs> you got a little fight in you. Yeah, like yeah you would think you somebody like at that. the party would be like, "Oh, thank God, it's Batman." I know people are like cheering and shit. Holy fuck, he's it's walking. I, I want to see the footage where he's walking in, going. <laughs> I got a great line. This is going to be hilarious. It, it, he, he, he learned from the same acting school as a T-Rex did. And, you know, at the end of Jurassic Park, jumping in, <laughs> jumping in the frame. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's just the magic of filmmaking. No, no, I love that. It's a, it's a nice surprise because you're waiting because, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne has run off and you're waiting for him to pop in as chaos ensues. And, and I don't know why. And this is the strangest connection of two movies but the scene when Bruce Wayne leaves the party and he goes to, you know, go into the little secret room and change into Batman. I love that. The two people in the room always makes me think of Die Hard. Bruce Willis. Oh, for, and he goes into the room and the, the couple's in there. Oh, yeah. I don't know why, but that those two movies connect right there for me in my mental movie connection. Like fists with your toes. You know what I love about the panic room, uh, the scene? Oh, is, like, oh, you have the panic room? Yeah, the guy's got a wedding ring. The girl does not. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. I've never noticed that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think it's really, but, you know, that kind of gives it away, too, because they're going to be like, you know, it's really weird. Bruce Wayne disappeared. I saw him go into this weird panic room, but then fucking Batman shows up. <laughs> I wonder if Batman killed Bruce Wayne. <laughs> but what's great is he does not respond to him. He just glares at him yeah, like, fuck you. And then goes, I in. know you were fucking. <laughs> well, just goes, think yeah, about goes it like from the point of view of Bruce Wayne, how much fun would it be? Do you know you have to create this persona of, and I like how they do it in this Batman series where he creates the asshole persona of Bruce Wayne. Right. And then he's got the persona of Batman. And then you, with Alfred, you get to see, like, the real Bruce Wayne. Right. How much fun would it be to just get to be a complete, you're a billionaire? You get to you get to create an asshole character persona. Right. Oh, man, he's he's like, taking some of the models out. You know, I'm, I'm like, saying it. Oh, like, he has to be. Yeah. I just, I, I, just, I just bought the hotel. <laughs> we can run upstairs real quick, baby. Don't worry about it. I'm Bruce Wayne. We got Wayne. all the time in the, the world. The whole time he's looking across at Rachel going, man, I hate being an asshole in front of her, but I got these models. I got to be Batman. Yeah, oh, what y'all? What y'all think? Rachel changed from Batman Begins. That's right. Katie Holmes did I, not come back. I actually, personally, since I asked the question, I'll answer it first. Okay. I like the Rachel in Dark Knight better. Maggie Gyllenhaal? I agree. I think she's a little stronger. In her performance, she she feels she's a like, lot stronger. I mean, like, like, like she like she kind of like she's actually going for it. I Not dissing <clears throat> Katie Holmes. Yeah, you know, I thought she did great, but just character wise, like I think she fits that role better. Oh yeah, and I cared about her more as Rachel than I than I did as Katie Holmes. I mean, they're both beautiful women, but I don't know. I was just more the character made me more attracted to the, the one in Dark Knight. Right, and I think it works changing the the, the actress. In this one, too, because this film kind of feels self-contained. It, it doesn't really reference the, the first one a lot. Yeah, you know, so, th- that's very true, because Gotham is very different. Yeah. It just kind of... different in all three of them. Yeah, that's true. But, like, like the whole monorail system that was in the last movie is gone. Well, he blew it up. <laughs> he blew up that part. I mean, you think there'd be some left. They were like, you know... They had to shut it down. <sighs> that one section's t- fucked. Well, look, every time we build something down. in the city, somebody tears it up. Fuck. Well, the <laughs> Wayne Enterprises oh, was building the monorail, and they said, well, uh, Batman uh, broke half of your monorail. Do you want to fix it? No, just tear it down. I mean, I'm sorry. Just tear it down. <laughs> 
Yeah, this I, movie's I, got just so much so rich stuff. Like the the employee that figures out he's Batman. Oh, I love that scene. And when Morgan Freeman is like explaining, you think your billionaire boss <laughs> goes around at night dressed like a bat, beating people up, and you want to confront him about it. <laughs> Let's take a minute and think about this just for a second. We we always we always ask the question. I mean, we all saw this in the theater. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. But what'd y'all think when you first saw it? Very first time. Yeah, first time you saw it. Because uh, I already know your answer. But, yeah, first yeah. time I was not. I wasn't crazy about it, but you know, I saw a midnight screening, um, and I couldn't get it out of my head. So I had to go back the next day, and I saw it again. I liked it a little bit more, and I think I went back. Uh, uh, Sunday as well. It's interesting. You tend to do that on movies that you really, really end up liking. Yeah. I know I dragged my wife to it eight times in the theater. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. I bet I saw this five or six times at wow. least. It was the last movie I, I saw in theaters before my, my first son was born. Oh, wow. That's right. Special place in the heart. That's crazy. It was going to be uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars, but it sucked so bad. <laughs> this can't be it. This can't be the last one. Exactly. It was like, <laughs> in labor. He's like, it He's can't just wait, be. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> so yeah. Let's just Batman, please. She's like, my water's breaking, Brian. We have to watch a better movie. <laughs> he can't come into the world with this memory. But, yeah, no, it, it, it left it left Mark. Um, made me really, like, really, really respect Christopher Nolan. Um, I think my only complaint with him before this film as a filmmaker, like ever was like, man, you know, can this guy really do action scenes? Because, you know, Batman begins, I think it it works some of the time, but some of the action is not really staged. You know, it's not bad. I mean, it's 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 totally watchable, but it could be better for a movie at that budget level. And then when you get to this movie and you see the action and how he, he staged it and his confidence level. I mean, to me, this was like, oh, my God, Christopher Nolan just he graduated from a a good filmmaker to a great filmmaker. Like he has learned a lot. It's all in display in this film. Totally. I saw this movie uh, for the first time in the theater in uh, Jackson, Tennessee, at the Hollywood Theater. Uh, We were making a movie out in the middle of the woods and everybody took a day off on the opening day and went and saw this and then nice. the, rest, the, the rest of the, uh, the rest of the shoot, everybody was talking like the Joker and, and, and Batman. Oh yeah. Throw <laughs> quotes around. All oh day. man, it was constant. Yeah. Bring me that C stand. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you they got old quick. Oh man. Yeah. Everybody doing their Batman voices. <laughs> Quiet on the set. <laughs> Fear me. Oh, nice. You ever wonder how I got this camera? <laughs> I rented it. I rented it. You remind me of my father. <laughs> well, I saw it for the first time with my friend Rusty, who used to write for E Insider, the movie website, and he was a big film fanatic. He's dead now. Um, <laughs> we went and saw it. I loved it. I thought it was great. First words that were spoken when we got out of the theater. <clears throat> He, he, he turned and looked at me and he went, we just witnessed history. Because he personally, he was like, this is one of the best crime movies since he started naming like some Martin Scorsese films and Godfather. <laughs> and he said, plus, it's also a Batman movie. He was like, he was totally like, we went back and saw it again that ni- that afternoon. Oh, wow. Or that night, because we'd gone to an afternoon showing. How many times did you see this? Uh, like five or six. Yeah. Once in the theater. <laughs> Once? I know. 
Man, you're blowing my mind right now. Sorry. Oh yeah, I saw it. I saw it twice with Rusty on opening on that opening weekend, and then I immediately called Mark and was like, "Dude, I got to take you to see this Batman movie." And he's like, "Oh, because he wanted to see because he's a big fan of Batman Begins." I think he actually still likes Batman Begins better. That's insane. Because <clears throat> I remember having an argument with him afterwards, going, "No, dude, this is way better. Like, look at just look at the story, look at the progress, look at how dense the movie is. The action's so much more like." He's shooting with these wide shots so yeah. you can see what's going on, and it's not yeah. – the action's not in the editing. The action's actually happening on screen, and you got these thematic elements that are interweaving in and out, and Mark made his argument for Batman Begins. Which was obviously wrong. Well, I mean, it's, it's a good movie, too. I don't want to take movie. I was going to say, from. like, you're the only person I've ever heard call Batman Begins watchable. It's, it's just watchable. watchable. It's watchable. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Well, I mean, it's, decent. Okay. <laughs> it's a watchable Christopher Nolan movie. I mean, you know, he is a talented dude. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's. I mean, you think about. I don't want to say he's the modern Spielberg, but yeah, he's kind of he's inherited he's getting there. Yeah, he's inherited that role where it's like he makes really enjoyable, entertaining films, but they are smart and they he's working things on different levels thematically, and his characters do things with purpose that makes sense. Right. I, I I don't know. I mean, you I know, like you, the story. I mean, if you think about like directors that just because their name is on it, you're gonna go see it. It's it's not that many. Yeah. And for him to reach the point of well, yeah, there's a Christopher Nolan film coming out. I'm I'm there. Right. And for us, I mean, there was there was a period there. There's a Christopher Nolan film. We're driving to the closest IMAX to. <laughs> Same with me with like Uwe Ball. Like every movie that dude does. Oh yeah. I'm gonna yeah. go see it. Well, yeah, you're just, you're just running straight to Netflix for that one, buddy. Jared's <laughs> like, quick, where, where's where's my phone? <laughs> Does anybody know where my iPad is? House of the Dead Part 2? <laughs> Wait, is that a thing? No, I hope so, though. I hope he gets to make more movies. I thought he was leaving filmmaking because of uh, he just got tired of film critics uh, shitting all over the movies. Taking you just don't see how beautiful my films are. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Maybe if you like bad movies, I can see you liking that guy. But, yeah. Nah, they're terrible. But this was, this was like, the number two film um, of all time when it came out. I mean, this was yeah. a huge hit. Like, I think I wrote it down. $533 million. Boom. It's yeah. totally changed. I think it's kind of jinxed Mar- uh, Warner Brothers in D.C. Because, to me, it feels like ever since then they've been like, okay, we got to make our movies dark and serious like Dark Knight. And they're missing the point of what made that work so well. It's kind of crazy, though. Like, you know, this this was the bigger hit, but the same year Marvel launched Iron Man. Uh, I think it may. A couple months before this. I thought, the Ca- I thought the Captain so, America movie came out. No. Okay. It was, it was, it was Iron Man. Iron, Iron Man, Man came out was May. the first one that... Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Captain America didn't come out until... Uh, Let's say 2009, 2010. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, it, it, it was it was a ways because Iron Man two came out in 2009. Sort of jinxed Warner Brothers because oh, they've right. been on that. We need to make it dark and, and serious like Dark Knight, and it works with Dark Knight with Batman because that's his world. He is a dude in a suit. He's in a real, you know, he's in a he's yeah. he's in reality. But when you try to take that same format of dark and serious and put it on. Superman. Who's supposed to be bright? And- it's like, uh, 
this doesn't feel right. And then Marvel just went the other way. We're just going to make fun movies. We're not going to worry about. Well, they they did try to make the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds. They tried to make that fun, and they didn't get serious with that, but it just did shit business at the box office. Nobody went to go see it. I think that's still a little bit under the Dark Knight curse, too, because you're coming off of Dark Knight, and everybody's like, that looks ridiculous. I want serious. (laughs) It's not until you get another Dark Serious that you're like, okay, not all superheroes are Dark Serious. Well, I don't know. I I I think DC's... Slowly fixing it, uh, especially with the so. release of yeah, with Shazam, and then like the one, the Wonder Woman movie was lighthearted. Is it time to watch the trailer? Which uh, which which of <laughs> the epic is. trailers are we gonna watch? I like, dude. Okay, I like the. We've had this conversation. Theatrical trailer. I mean, just the first theatrical trailer for this. Well, I think it was great, man. I think it's one of the best cut trailers of all time. Man, both of for this and the Dark Knight Rises, like those first theatrical trailers that came out were just amazing just play the whole opening that whole like bit they played before other movies you know just play the whole bit no dude no <laughs> they, they did release both of those and those were always awesome like the imax the, they did the bank heist for dark yeah. Knight, and then yeah. they did the plane um that gnarly ass plane, plane. Yeah, yeah dark Knight rises yeah Beautiful. that was great all right let, let's roll the trailer here you go But knives and lint. Evening, Commissioner. Why so serious? Where is he? People are dying. What would you have me do? Endure. You can be the outcast. You can make the choice that no one else will face right choice. Gotham needs you. A little fight in you. I like that. And you're gonna love me. Now that's more like it, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. Come on, hit me! is a beautiful trailer yes it is it put a smile on my face yeah it does mine too that's that's one of the best cut trailers ever dude i love that shot of heath ledger leading out the car window oh yeah oh it's so fucking badass oh yeah that is good that that's one of those great imax shots yeah that was shot with the imax cameras you can oh man that's that is a great one ethereal yeah i mean it totally like leans it leans into his character you know he's just it just ha- kind of how he reacts to things, you know, when he shoots the weapons and stuff. He kind of, he's kind of, he's a goofy clown, you know. Yeah, his performance is pretty good. 
Uh, he did win the uh, the Oscar. Yeah, posthumously. Yeah, uh, that that he, is true. He he, he passed away. Uh, what was it? January, I think. Um, he was that, making that of, movie. of this year. He was making that uh, Terry Gilliam film. Yeah, the Imaginarium of Doctor Dr. Parnass- Parnassus. Parnassus. It's not that did, great. It's all right. It's it's. Did okay. he base that character on some other like actor or? Henry, um, oh god! Okay, damn it. so you know what I'm, I'm referring. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. not making this mentally. You're up, not. Right? No, it's not the Henry Porch of the serial killer. It's the. Uh, it's um, god damn it! What's his name? I've seen the video. I remember watching a video that he said he tried to think of the most um, diabolical, evil person he could he could think of, and that's what he was trying to mimic. I remember watching a video of the guy or seeing it in like a making of or something and thinking, Oh yeah, that that's totally the same. And he was also leaning really heavy on clockwork orange. I can see that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, it is different though. Like what he's doing with his voice is there's a lot of this and you know, he's, he gets up in there a little bit. Kinda. Well, yeah. But it, it, it's different, you know, oh, like, no, I, I love it. Yeah. He goes very showy sometimes. Like when he does that and here we go. You know, there, it, there's a gruffness to it. Yeah, kind of. You know, he's making fun of Batman a little bit. <laughs> um, what do you think? No, he is? no, he's not. He's totally putting his own thing. If you watch that, like, uh, I sent you guys that script to screen. There's a YouTube channel called Script to Screen, where they. Uh, I love that. Where they they actually show you what the script, the production script has, and then they show you the scene. And yeah. if you if you look at the way he's doing his lines and the way they're written, he's totally. He's totally adding his own thing to it. It's really, yeah. really cool. And he's also being very true to the dialogue as well. Yeah, but they, they cut a lot out, um, a lot of stuff out, though. They did. That scene. Yeah. It, it's neat. That's a super cool scene. It's the scene where he's in the um, interrogation, the inter- room. interrogation room where uh, I, I just love how Batman just appears behind him. Oh, yeah, with the light? Yeah, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, I, I think the production design in that room is just like, you know, it, it's interrogation room, but the tile. Yeah. And, like, all the grind. In between each tile, it, yeah. you know, it's not mildew, but it, it it's like a rust of colored version of it. It's very brown. It and looks dead. very old and worn. They yes, don't they I don't like clean that. it much. No, yeah, and, the, and just like the window, oh, man, all the glass. It's beautiful, especially when it breaks. Oh, it's so awesome, dude! It looks so good. White room and a table. They made it work. Uh, what do you guys think of the bank heist? The opening of the film, the introduction. It's badass. It sets up his character really well. It, like the. <laughs> it actually it sets up this character very well. It's like that, uh, about how all the um, all the thieves and everybody they don't really know who he is, and you know, yeah, <laughs> they're they're laying you down like this is what I heard through the grapevine, right? Yeah. Right. I, I love I love that dialogue <sighs> stuff in between, you know. And they're all wearing clown masks, yeah, which is like great. that's a great little. And even though the Joker's hired them, obviously they have never mm. met him, right? <laughs> I, 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 that's cool. There's all this myth about who he is. And like each, it seems like each one of them has like an order to bump the other one off. Right. Yeah. You know, the other member of of the I don't know whatever the robbering clan group is. I don't know what robbers. What's a group of robbers called? I killed a, a bus gang? driver. What yeah, okay, bus driver? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they they pick each one off. That's nice. Again, we were talking about like packing a lot of story in here. You get an action scene and um, the whole mob bank. Is set right. up here, not only with like the alarm, but the uh, the bank teller that just busts out the shotgun. Oh, I love that! And we're, we we see that <laughs> in this world, when you get shot, you don't bleed. No, not at all. But I do love the line of, uh, "No, I killed the bus driver." What bus what driver? Bus driver. Yeah. Man, that guy's not getting up, is he? And just the motion he's doing with the ducking. 
like making the guy like have to move the you know gun. Oh yeah, no, you like that. That is one thing that like Heath Ledger, like even he he stands out with his body motion. Oh yeah, you're, you're very. That's right. He is. He's making sure anytime that camera's on him, you you see like body language. Everything is different. Yeah, that that is for sure. And when he takes that mask off. What is that? Are they just adding like a, a bass? Is that in the music only? I think it's a part of the score. It's like this droning, like you feel it. Yeah, yeah. It, it sets the it sets tone very well. Oh, yeah. Who suspense. would have ever thought to have the Joker revealed by taking off a clown mask, <laughs> <laughs> only to have a more terrifying clown mask on? Oh, I, I do like the makeup. You know, the scars that he actually has on his face. That looks good. I remember talking to somebody after Batman Begins, and we were because you know at the end of Batman Begins, he tells you that Joker's the next villain. We were like, "Well, how do you think? How do you think they'll do it in this kind of more realistic type world?" And they were like, "Probably like a clown mask." So when the movie started with that, I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> I mean, I'd seen the trailer by then, so I knew he didn't wear a clown mask the whole time. But yeah, I'd seen this open a lot before I really I'd seen the movie. Yeah, they included it. Um, because Batman Begins was one of the like the first um, releases um, in the Blu-ray slash uh, HD, HD DVD. Mm-hmm. Yes, in that format war that was very brief lived. Uh, and I had um, some HD DVDs. Yeah, they put the fir- this opening scene, this little prologue. Did you get caught up in the HD DVD, Brian? Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you still have a stack of them somewhere? Uh, yeah, behind you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Not many, only like four or five movies. That's good. I'm glad yeah. you didn't, like, you know, tackle the wall in there and make them all HD, HD DVDs. No, most of the movies I bought were actually Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers is such a great studio. They backed HD DVD so heavily that they let you trade them in. No way. Yeah. That's cool. For, uh, for Blu-rays, all you had to pay was the shipping. Class act, Warner Brothers is. I, I don't know. I always like that studio. Cat, come on, man. <laughs> I, I I know I know Jared's sexy, but calm down. Yeah, get you some, kitty. It's our Catwoman. That's coming up. We're gonna do Catwoman next, right? Oh, you know, speaking of that gadget reference, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really like uh, when they they sick the dogs on him uh, a little bit later in the movie and. Um, you know, he, he has a reason to upga- uh, upgrade his suit. Yeah, so we talked about earlier. Yeah, it's like, yeah. not only are you seeing what happened to the Scarecrow, that there's these other Batman that are around, Batman on patrol, but we also get, like, information on why he needs a new suit. But, yeah, but when when you first see him, like, they introduce, like, in that scene, he, he's still wearing the... I th- it's pretty much the suit from Batman Begins. Yeah, right. But he also has I like that suit. By the way, he's got like a, a nifty little uh, can opener hand. Oh yeah, yeah, the crazy like that he bends the the gun barrel with and yeah. then, like, opens up. You know, can rip holes in cars. That and- was introduced, and uh, Nolan is such a good director that man. I was I always watch this. He does that in two shots. That he shows you what it does, and then the close-up. And, and then the close up of how it works on his hand, and right. it's just audience. You got it right. Yep, you don't need any more. Well, it's, it's Batman. Amazing. You you automatically know he has gadgets. Oh, and it made a when he, when he bends the barrel, it goes. And you actually hear the hydraulic sound of, of it breaking the barrel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even when um, uh, he gets his new suit, I like how Nolan is staging things. He sets everything up. Everything's a callback for later. Like even when he um, picks it up for the first time before Batman um, ever even puts it on, he fires the what are those shin the shin blades. 
the oh, projectiles. Those, those like, yeah, uh, yeah, out of his, uh, out of his. Uh, I don't know what those forearms. are called. Yeah, the little ninja star thing. <laughs> yes, but again, like all of his, all of his suit, suit pieces, and you see them and they're, yeah. how they're laid out, and then later in the movie, you get the reveal of the new suit. The oh man, I, I just I love how Nolan sets everything up. It, it, he's so clever with all of it. Not only like screen writing wise, but just man, how, economical with his shots. Even so much as uh, the uh, the part where uh, the Joker he's got all the bad guys there, and he's like, and he's like, here's my card. They, they you know he, he he throws the card out on the table, but they don't they don't punch in on it. I love that. They, yeah, uh, yeah. They they didn't. I was thinking, yeah, they they didn't punch in on the card, which you would expect them to do. You know, they just let it go. Well, he shows that it's just a playing card. Yeah, but it, it's it's kind of in a in a medium wide. He kind of like pulls it up. He's like, "Here's my card." He tosses it on the table and then leaves. Yeah, well, you want you know you want to keep all the uh, the explosives that he has. In oh yeah, brain. his little yeah yeah he's got he's, uh, jiggling around with the with the cable like he's gonna pull all the uh, <laughs> the grenades. I, I I love the perspective shifts in that scene. I think um, that that that's a really amazing scene. Like you really like watch who's seeing what from whose point of view during right. that scene like it comes in it's introduced with gambit and how that how that's covered man no nolan is is really working the camera there totally yeah which which also leads to the breaking the pool stick tryout oh i love that <laughs> oh and yes. they cut away which i love that you know and you get the that that's uh first time we get uh an origin story of the scars too yeah turns the, out later to be false. The, the changes yeah <laughs> That's but, but what a fun little like he always has a different I you know story of the scars and he makes it you know first time seeing it that is great though because like he starts telling him again and you're like really we're gonna do this again we're, we're gonna get a second explanation of the scars like oh, man this is and then it's different you're like this dude's just crazy yeah I love that which one should I believe and it, I like how he even tries to tell it a third time and Batman's gonna interrupt him I know how you well it's these. it's that callback. Exactly. He's he set up now to where you, you, you expect that he's going to tell another one, but I know you got these. <laughs> I know you're going to get more scars. Yeah, I mean, the only complaint I've ever heard about this movie is some people think the uh, sonar vision at the end is a step too far. Too far where? Like out of reality? Yeah. Oh. It's a superhero. Well, it fits in thematically, though. Like, you need, Lu- you need Lucius Fox to have... Gadgets. What does he, what does he say? Like, spying on... 5,000 people was yeah. in my job description or whatever he says. Right, yeah. You know, you need to set that, that theme up. You know, it's like, how far are you willing to go to go to stop a madman? Or, yeah, to get what you want. I mean, that's the whole thing. You got to break your one rule. You know, the Joker's constantly pushing him. But he doesn't break his rule. He doesn't. Those people's on the ferry proved him wrong. That's the complaint I always hear is that the ferry is is weak sauce. Like, everybody loves all of the Joker's plans, and then it's like, oh, really? The climax is the, you know. But they like the fairy. The two fairies that are going to blow each other up. I like it, too, and I think it's intercut well, but. Because thematically, you, I don't know, because to me, like, that's a moment in a movie. I start thinking, like, all right, would would I kill him to save myself? Or right. am I that bad of a person? Yeah, there's a little self-analysis there. <laughs> I'd blow those convicts up. <laughs> I'd be that guy. Be like, yeah, I'd, I'll, I'll turn the key. It's okay. The criminals. I like to think that I wouldn't. You, you think you'd go to jail for that? <laughs> <laughs> Had to make a decision. Is Joker that in a thing, Rames, that 
eventually grabs it and just throws it out the... No, it's Tani from uh, 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 the Friday guy. The bad guy from Friday with Ice, uh, Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. I forget what his name is. Tiny something. He's the president in Fifth Element. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but this movie is like littered. I mean, just there is not a single uh, role on screen that is not a character actor. Like, you know everybody. Well, he's building characters. You know, like all these people are, are, are really established actors. Christopher Nolan knows how to cast a movie. You know the... Um, you even got Anthony Michael Hall. You know the scene where Joker sends in the video of him tormenting... Batman Vigilante. Yeah, that's like... That's, that's creepy. That is. He's like smacking him around. It's it's uh, it's very ISIS kind of... It is. Ooh. They play a lot with, uh, you know, politics of the time, for sure. Oh, he's definitely playing on... I, I remember some left-wing blogs were kind of unhappy with the message there. How so? I don't remember. I just remember going, huh, I never thought about it that way. No. But you just see how a, how a terrorist would act, you know. And it would definitely, I mean, he's, he's got to call Batman out somehow, you know. So he's got to kill the innocent. Yeah, but what, this was close to like when the waterboarding and, what, what, oh, man, a Snowden. Yep. Like hit the R&D project mm-hmm. uh, at the sonar devices on the cell phones. I mean, obviously, I would say that he's playing into modern times with totally. the Snowden thing. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I, I remember reading it and thinking, huh, I didn't even really think. I, my brain didn't go there. Um, man, it was something It was something about how far will you go to, is, about the spying. Like, is, the, is it okay to break this moral to stop this? Um, and I don't, I, I can't remember the article. But yeah, I remember being pretty. I mean, because I remember Rusty actually sent it to me, and I remember being kind of. I didn't even think about that. That's another layer to the movie. Surprise! Guys. Way to go, Christopher Nolan. The government's spying on you and recording all your conversations. That's what it was. Yeah, that's that's the yeah. Snowden controversy. Yeah. Sorry, I was in my own head trying to get yeah. through. He he leaked all that stuff out, and like, what do you, what do you got? He fled to Russia, right? Right. And that what happened? Yeah, they were. I need to see that movie. Yeah, I was just thinking There's about that. There's even a doc uh, as well. But, yeah, I need to I need to watch that stuff. I need to catch up. But I, th- I think all that played into it. And the waterboarding, um, you know, scandal uh, all with all the, the – what happened with the CIA after 9-11 and all that. That's what uh, Christopher Nolan does. Like, he even did the uh, – what is it, the Occupy uh, Wall Street? That played a little bit into The Dark Knight Rises with yeah. Bane wanting to overthrow – the rich and powerful, the corrupt. What's the best way to make a, a movie hit home is, you know, you tie it into things that people are feeling and want to, you know. Yeah, it just gives everybody a personal connection to it, something they can relate to. Yeah, and it makes it feel a little bit more important. Right. This was rated PG-13. Which uh, was surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nolan is really clever, though, about hiding the violence in the movie. You know, Well, I, it's like what we were talking about in the bank highs. There's no blood. I don't know how many times it took me to see the movie, but um, when the Joker guys bring in um, his supposedly dead body to Gambit, the guy that offers the reward for him. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Uh, When the Joker first gets up, he actually takes out two knives and stabs two of his uh, his bodyguards. Yeah. (laughs) And takes them out. But it's done in a shot that I mean, if you see the motion of it. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's really dark. But it's handled in a 
in a very clean way. Like you, I mean, you see the motion of it, but you don't you don't see them fall down, right. or anything. It's just like the motion of stabbing, cut, and he's well, already it, at Gambit's face with a knife, being very threatening. It's it's a way to to show violence without being graphic, and it leaves the violence to the imagination. And it happens so quickly. Nolan just puts things off in the corner of the screen that are violent. Well, I mean, he takes like the, the you know the famous pencil trick. I mean, he he's jamming a pencil into a guy's eye, but it's Those happening. Neck. It's happening so quick, Cheap. and it's kind of funny. Or what about the guy that's got the cell phone in his? <laughs> Sewed up belly. He's got some kind of a contusion. (laughs) Yeah, buddy, you think? (laughs) And then on the other hand, like, Two-Face's face is kind of graphic. It's very graphic. Oh, that's horrifying. It's totally, I mean, you could, like, see Charred. And you're like, man, that's got to be painful. See the tendons and all the, yeah. Yes, those, yeah, exactly, Charred tendons. Yeah. The holes where flesh is missing. And the little things dangling. I want to know, how the fuck are some of those teeth in there still? You know, you just... I guess teeth don't burn. Oh, you know, there is one continuity error I've spotted always in this movie. It's the number of people fucking Harvey Dent kills. When he becomes Two-Face... Yeah, they say one number. Yeah, okay, so Commissioner Gordon in the movie says... Yeah, that's right. Five dead, two of them cops. Well, in the movie I counted, you have the cop... That dropped off Harvey Dent, the silver-haired guy just, in the bar. I was, I just assume he killed somebody else, and we didn't get to see it. Well, I mean, I don't know. And then you have the mob, the mob guy, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he died in the car wreck. So that's kind of a question mark. You have the chauffeur of the mob driver. He got shot in the head. And then the other cop, Ramirez, she got off. So that's three people. One of them cop. I don't know. There's a scene that was cut, probably. Do you think so? I think he killed somebody. Is it really a continuity error if you have to think about it and then start like wondering what well, else happened? That's what I'm happened? saying. Is, is there, yeah, is there like a deleted scene? That's what I'm wondering. Because that doesn't seem like a. I mean, Christopher Nolan is extremely attention to detail. Yeah, I don't want to say anal retentive, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's kind of. Uh, yeah, he seems like he's he's not quite I, Stanley Kubrick attention to detail, but he's almost there. I, I always just assumed he killed some people we didn't get to see. Yeah. yeah. It does make you think there's a scene that's missing. I always, I always thought it was weird too. Like you, after you get that great scene where you, um, you have the Joker confront him, where he's wearing the nurse's outfit. <laughs> uh, but after the hospital, uh, after that scene, the hospital blows up, and you don't, you never see what happens to Harvey. You, right. You know, they just leave him. Even that though, like even the blowing up at the hospital is just, you've got that first bomb that goes off. His performance is hilarious. Like that's it. And then the rest of it blows up. And you, it's... Is, it, are the batteries <laughs> dead in this? Well, yeah, it, I love that. Did I put in Duracell instead of Energizer? <laughs> <laughs> it's that building expectation, you know? That it's, const- it's constantly adding to your, your, your tension. And yeah. Everything's kind of a stepping point. And he's, he's uh, really good. He's like the master of intercutting... Oh, yeah. ...different scenes in this movie. Like, almost like... Uh, yeah, I think with the exception of maybe like one or two, one, you know what? I can't think of a single action set piece that's not intercut somehow in this film. They're all telling a lot of the movie is intercut. Yeah, they're all they're all telling multiple stories with different characters at the same time. I think that's how you keep up pace with uh, this much content. Yeah, like even the assassination, like when the Joker starts like killing the judge. 
I was reading some article somewhere or a review and somebody pointed out how how the judge dies is really stupid. The Joker got some cops to come out and knock on the judge's door, bring her out to her car to blow her up. It's like, wh- why don't you just plant the bombs in her house? She walks in and blow her up. I was like, man, you got to send a message. Yeah. Did you see the Joker cards that came out of that car? Which is easier to break into a car? That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, it's it's a lot easier to to access a vehicle than it is the house. I was thinking of I was thinking of the theatrics of the situation, but yes, I guess ease would would be a part there. Way to go, guys! <laughs> way to way to deflate my 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 Joker idea here. I, I just think Nolan got it right. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Well, I was thinking theatrics with the with the cards, and you guys are just like you know, it's he's 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 lazy. You know, he wants to go for the easy thing. He's like, ah, the or house is the, too hard. What about the smoke coming from the glass, the mayor, or the chief of police drinks? Oh, yeah. It's oh, all like, like the, the poison. poison. Yeah. I'll put a good. smile on your face, Brand X. <laughs> also, like, too, like you when Bruce Wayne's not Batman, you get to see all those bruises. <laughs> oh, yeah, where he's tore the fuck up. Like, this guy's got a tough life. <laughs> he's getting constantly beat up. Was that a tiger? And that okay, the Hong Kong sequence. I was going to bring that up in a minute. That is a moment where he plays a pivotal role, and they take Batman out of Gotham in an amazing scene. Oh fuck yeah! Did that ever happen? I don't. I can't recall that ever happened in the movies before, where Bruce Wayne or Batman like left Gotham. Not that I know of. Mm -mm. Man, I was like, I remember watching the movie, going, "What is he? What is he doing? Because he's dragging the guy toward the window." And I'm like, (laughs) "Is he going to like climb down the building?" And then that airplane comes by, and I was like, "Holy!" Crap. Which they brought up earlier. Yeah, I love that, man. It's so badass. And I, again, it's a callback. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that's Christopher Nolan doing a James Bond reference. It's totally James Bond. From Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it's the end of Thunderball. Like at, at the very end, like uh, they're in that raft and he, he throws the zip cord up and there's a plane that has like a little V hook that comes by uh-huh. and connects it, it. That's funny because I read an interview with him because he always wanted to make a James Bond movie and he I said, know, right? I got my James Bond fix <laughs> out with the Dark Knight. That's yeah. awesome. It's even very James Bond how it reveals him standing on the, the roof of that building. Where, like, oh, yeah, Flies yeah, in yeah. and kind of comes around. He's just standing there. It's very, it's very Bond. He's thinking about the movie. It's all really... Even down to, like, the little emotional beats with, like, um, Gordon and his kid and when his wife thinks he's dead and they they play that trick on the Joker and they finally, you know, arrest him and you you see his wife, like, she thought he was dead. And then later he's, Two-Face has got his kid. You know, they're they're building on his relationship with his family and... Y'all are looking at me these blank faces. So. No, no, I'm just listening. <laughs> no, 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 we're listening. Yeah, man. No, you're totally right. I mean, because that plays a huge uh, part uh, at the end. A giant emotional beat. Well, it I mean, adds weight to it. It adds a human element to it. it yeah, it, it shows. You know, there, there's there's lives at stake here. Yeah, know? the kid even comes up at the end. You know, to ask him like, why is he running away? It's like we need. Not only does this child need to know, we need to know as an audience why is our hero fleeing the scene. What is going on right now? And we get the great line from Commissioner well, he gives Gordon. A, he gives a speech. <laughs> yeah. Because well, that's mean, what you do when your kids ask you a question. You <laughs> give a speech. <laughs> well, if you're my dad, you do. Got to get that lecture in. Yeah, my kids ask me a question. I go into philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> Pull up a chair. It's going to be a while. So in the in any of the graphic novels, does Two-Face's coin, is it ever like a one burn side and one 
non-burned side or is it scratched? Okay. It's like a silver dollar that's scratched off on one side, right? Uh, I forget what the coin is. Because I thought the burnt coin was great. I did too. Especially when he keeps using it. It's like, oh, yeah, I keep I make my own luck. I mean, he even drops yeah, that. I love uh, that. That's how I, I got a date with Rachel. Smooth, buddy. <laughs> nice. He's like, okay, let's flip a coin for it. No matter what side it's going to be, I got it. Ooh. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, and then once he gets burned, the coin gets burned, and now he doesn't know if it's going to be heads. Join the rest of us. Oh, and that's a very powerful moment, too, because that's how he also finds out Rachel is dead. I, I love that moment, too, when he finds out, and like all the sound cuts out. You, you see him scream, but you don't hear it. I love that, too. Yeah. It's just it the makes music. it powerful. And Joker's yeah. being such a... Rips he, the bandage off. Dude. When Joker goes in and is just kind of messing with him. <laughs> That scene, I think, is that's one of the best scenes in the movie. Oh yeah, I mean, like you get a you get a sense of who Joker is, what he's trying to do, and also how much how just how full of shit he is. <laughs> like a motherfucker is sitting here telling this guy with fucking half a face whose girlfriend, <laughs> fucking fiance, he blew the fuck up, right? And he's like, he, like. Oh, I don't have a plan. Motherfucker, what? <laughs> Everything he says is a lie on right. top of a lie on top of a lie. It's so much, yeah, right? It's so much it's, bullshit. It's like, it, you know, at one point in the movie, you think he's stealing money to do something, but then what does he do with it? Burn it. With who sitting on top? <laughs> the fucking like you, like you talk about violence that's kind of in the background. There's a he burns a dude alive on top of a pile of money. Well, no, he fucking cuts the uh, the mob boss up, feeds him to the pooches, and then who's guarding him at the final confrontation the mob, with Batman? Dogs. The yep. dogs. <laughs> They're full of mob boss. Uh, yeah, it's like what's his line? Um, I'm probably gonna mess it up, but. Uh, it's amazing what you can do with a couple of cans of gasoline. <laughs> it's like he, he doesn't really have all a cheap. Like he says it like I don't really have a plan, which is a lie. He has a plan. Everything's planned. It's like he's got a plan, but his plan is to not have a plan. And he really doesn't know what he's going to do if he succeeds. I mean, the crazy thing is, is at the end of the movie, the Joker did win. Batman had to lie to cover up that the Joker won. Yeah. He wanted one of the fairies to blow up. Yeah. I agree and, with that. And when sure. that didn't happen, like, that part of his plan failed. Yeah. But with Harvey Dent, his backup plan didn't fail. Do really love how disappointed he is. He does not splat on the concrete. He's just, like, so excited when he <laughs> he goes over. Like, Batman's like, all right, here you go. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he's got that crazy Heath Ledger, like, laugh. It's just, it's so insane. It's, it's, it's that moment that, I mean, maybe a harebrained idea, but I remember seeing that probably, like, the second or third, like, probably took me three times before I noticed what he was doing. And it made me kind of wonder, like, is his whole, like, goal, I want Batman to kill me? I want to be the person that makes Batman break his rule. Totally. Again, going back to the times there, 9-11, you know, you kind of have that suicide bomber mentality. Yeah. I think you're, yeah, I think you're 100% right, Benson. Yeah. Everything else from, you know, is a side plan, but I want to be the one to make Batman break his rule. Even though it means killing him. <laughs> it It is kind of a dark ending. I'm glad they give you that uh, uplifting um, Gary Oldman 
Jim Gordon's speech not because the, if you didn't, but damn, not the hero we need. I, I dude, really, the, the end of this movie, like, if you didn't have the music and his speech, I mean, it's ultra depressing. Like, they're breaking the bat signal. Oh like, yeah, uh, Batman like is he's destroyed at the end of the film. But the but just the words that are being said over top of it that end with he's yeah. our Dark Knight. <laughs> You're like, yeah, Batman. You get that cape. And now, like, since I've seen the third one, um, every time I hear the speech, for some reason I picture Bruce on that shot from Dark Knight Rises where he's up on the, like, balcony watching Gordon's speech. Like, that's the shot that comes into my mind when I hear the speech. It's like, oh, he's he's going to disappear for, like, eight years. <laughs> Dude, we have Batman detectiving. The greatest detective actually doing detective work in this movie puts, uh, well, he gets a fingerprint off of a shattered bullet. Yep. And we see the process and all of it take place. That's kind of cool. Which I thought was a cool process. Like, yeah. huh, I wonder if police can do that. Did you make that loud enough, sir? I, I <laughs> Every showing, that got one of the biggest laughs. Yeah, I thought Michael Caine was a great Alfred. Right? Size of a tangerine. That is a consistently great casted role. I like Michael Goth as Alfred. Yeah. I like Michael Caine, and I like Jeremy Irons. Agreed. Well, it, you know, it's the dude that has got that gives advice to Batman. Yeah. So who wouldn't want to play that? It, it's so consistent, though. Like, they don't get every other fucking role right all the time. <laughs> all the time. I mean, like, damn, how many yeah, bad just, Batman? I always think, had? I mean, I think of when Michael Caine's got the letter. He's got the letter from Rachel. Oh, that's heartbreaking. That is telling Bruce... No, I'm going with Harvey Dent. I'm not waiting for you. But Bruce thinks she's she's not she's not going to marry him. She's waiting for him, and he just doesn't give him the letter. Let him believe it. Let him have a little win. Yeah, right. I mean, he needs something. But, um, yeah, who knew he was going to end up meeting Catwoman? <laughs> I, you know, I'm glad Christopher Nolan let us, you know, let us have a a, a nice ending to the trilogy. Batman deserved it. I mean, because this one is super grim dark. Well, yeah, well, I know we're not talking about Dark Knight Rises, but I remember having the conversation with somebody that they didn't like that, you know, like Batman retires. Because at the end of Dark Knight Rises, he's presumed dead. Bruce and Catwoman go off alone. And I was like, no, that's that's the perfect ending to this trilogy. Like, Batman has accomplished everything that he thinks he can accomplish. So he gets to go off into the sunset and have a life now instead of, you know, being Batman all the time. Um, I think it was a perfect ending. And they, he left they, that thing behind, though. Yeah. They thought it was a downer ending because he's not Batman anymore. But I'm there's like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, though. I mean, like, right, he right. left the keys to the kingdom. Yeah, that's the point I was making was that Bruce himself gets to go have a life. but. Yeah. Batman can live on in a different form. I, dude, I thought it was so good that I felt like an idiot for not thinking of it. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, yeah, of course it would happen that way. I mean, I, I mean, obviously. I remember but. another guy, uh, I was having a, another friend of mine when we saw that movie, and he said, the only thing that would have made it better, and this was before we got to ever see a Superman and a Batman on the same screen, is when the bomb goes off to cut to a shot of Batman <laughs> being carried by somebody with blue shirt on so you you know it's superman and i just remember looking at him going that would 
ruined the entire movie. Yeah, it would. And he's like, why? Like, you know, Superman saved him. I'm like, where was Superman for six months? <laughs> he's like, you got it. You got it. Bane with a nuclear bomb is not a problem with Superman. Right. He's like, my dan- my dances with wolves dad just got sucked up by a tornado. And now I'm out of here, guys. It's cool. Uh, he was like, oh, yeah, that, that does kind of... I love the ending of that because you get the satisfaction of, like, the dark story of watching Batman die only to have it reversed. And you get the happy ending and you get the Alfred callback. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that, too. Christopher Nolan is, like, the master callback. Like, he'll do something. He'll he'll set you up for the end. Guys, if you're paying attention right now, this is how I'm going to end the movie. Well, it also makes the beginning of the movie very interesting because he's introducing stuff constantly. Yeah. You know, right. all, the, all the little threads are answered. I mean, like, I remember the first time I watched it, I really liked the, the employee that figured it out. You know, he ends up going on TV and Joker offers to kill him. And I thought it would just be a side story. But instead, he works it into the main plot, works your theme into that by having Bruce Wayne have to save the guy. and Right. Yeah, it gives Bruce Wayne something to do. Yeah. Bruce Wayne actually gets a hero moment in this film. And what is he? He he pretends like he doesn't know what's going on on the news. Yeah. Like, he, what is it? Because he's like, hey, you think I should go to a hospital and that bomb threat's already been called in? <laughs> what, you what you is, don't uh, watch the news much, do you? Yeah, that's what Commissioner Gordon says. That's great. I, Gary Oldman's great at that deadpan delivery. Like, going from Dark uh Batman Begins to The Dark Knight. I did sort of miss that. What was it called? The um, the slum part. The narrows. The narrows. I missed that kind of geography in Gotham. Yeah, that was totally all the geography that was set up in the in the previous movies out the window. Right. But to be honest with you, I but it's different themes. I I feel better for it. I mean, like this feels more like a real city. Yeah. I don't know why, but it makes it scarier. Maybe it makes it scarier because it's like, okay, this is a, a political idea in a real city. Yeah, it's comic book characters because they're exaggerated and we're doing ridiculous things with costumes. Instead of neon lights and uh, black light like in the previous films. Yeah, but I, again, like like we were talking about with the, the political issues, you know, we have that and we have a, a good heist and action film. It definitely touches lots of bases so that lots of people can go, you know, I like that movie. What do you guys think of the uh, amazing chase sequence in this film with the Batmobile and the Batpods introduction? It's epic. (laughs) This is one of my favorite action scenes of all time. So much you actually went and found all the locations. Yeah, I, I, I did. I was in Chicago and um, I, I forget the uh, website. You should, you should post the pictures when you, you post should. the. Uh, yeah, I'll, I will have to post a, a couple. But like, yeah, I, I found the the interior of the bank that Heath, Le- uh, Heath Ledger and the Joker and them they rob in the very beginning of the movie. That was actually the post office of Chicago that the interstate runs through. That's crazy. Yeah, the, so the first level kind of like stops. Where it intersects with the interstate, and really, yeah, the interstate goes through there, and it, then it continues afterwards. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's very bizarre. It says the people who live in the city that said the interstate can't cut through their city, <laughs> so we have to have it go around the city. Right. So, if you're in Chicago and you're just going from a place to eat to uh, a local landmark, you're going to come across uh, a dark night location. 
Yeah, totally. It would be hard not to. Yeah. Yeah, that chase scene was pretty good. Oh, dude, it's amazing. The just, semi I mean, flip? I, I mean, even just watching the Joker, like, as he's going through the weapons, and he's just having so much fun. Oh, yeah. He, what, is it, what does he go from the, uh, the, the, I don't know, the, the pistol, the shotgun, to the RPG? Right. He's going to need something a lot bigger than that. What is that, a bazooka? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. That one guy is, like, literally shitting his pants over there. And he's just like, why not? We're just along for the ride, guys. And it ends with those great shots of the Joker standing there. And he's like, come on, come on. Oh, yeah. Me. Yeah, I love that. Every time they they cut to him where he's just doing, like, the woo, where he's, he's getting crazy <laughs> at certain moments. And he has no problem killing his own dudes. Like, oh, that dude's yeah. there, and he's just like, pow, shoots him. <laughs> No, yeah. Uh, well, you know that from the very beginning. He's just like, oh, yeah, you know, come come rob a bank with me. All right, so a little comparison moment. You got that <coughs> scene, the trucks flip, Joker's in the street. How does that compare with Joker in the in the parade giving money and you see the bat playing for the first time? I did have those same thought because he, he kind of just like stares it down, you know? Like in, in the first Batman movie. Well, he takes it down with a pistol. <laughs> yeah, a really long pistol. Yeah. yeah. Those two scenes always reminded me of each other. Yeah. I No, I never put those together, actually. Really? Yeah. But now that you're saying it, I yeah, I, they, yeah, they, I can see how you are. It's the, you know, it's the city landscape and how they're shot. And you have this street. Like, and and yeah, he's also just like, in. you know, standing off to it. Just not, not, not really moving. Just kind of like just... No, Heath Ledger is, though, he's walking, he's actually physically walking toward Batman in, in his version. I would say that that's why Heath Ledger won an Oscar. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, it's just like little choices like that, you know? He's so fucking insane, he's talking to himself. It's like, what? what's going on here, buddy? Nobody, Nobody's even hearing you. I like how he just shoots random cars. <laughs> That are just coming up. He just like he just shoots the the front a little bit. He just wants him to get out of the way. He's like, "Come on, you know, you got to clear my path." <laughs> He's like, "I don't, I don't, I'm going to kill you right now because if I wanted to kill you, I'd stab you with one of these knives that I have in my pocket. All these twelve knives I'm carrying. I swear to God, like one of the knives is like a, a carrot peeler. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like a, it was a, it was a vegetable peeler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, something sharp and pointy. Uh, you never know how he got those scars. That's true. Could have been a bad cooking accident. <laughs> Definitely changed the landscape of uh, comic book movies. Totally. For the good or bad, though? I would say good. Yeah. I don't know if we'd have movies, uh, or comic book movies the way we have them now, if it wasn't for this one. I definitely don't think we'd have as many. It it kind of legitimized them, made them more like, you know... I mean, you, they, I they mean, suddenly went. I mean, studios went did, from like comic book movies make money to we just made a billion dollars. <laughs> Greenlight comic books, guys. I, okay, I kind of I, I agree with you in a way, but I disagree with you in another because I I know where you're going. What I think happened is the same thing I brought up earlier. I think I think the Dark Knight is so good it, it broke the genre. It made it it made it hard to follow. It was like, too good. Like, Christopher Nolan fucked himself. Even when he came back and did Dark Knight Rises, a lot of people had problems with that. And it's like, guys, no, this is this is a fine movie. This is... That's a great movie. Why are we having these problems? And it's like, well, it's not, it's not The Dark Knight. And it's like, well, no. no. It's The Dark Knight It's The Dark Knight Rises, Rises yeah. Honestly. Yeah. The, I mean, <laughs> if you want The Dark Knight, go watch The Dark Knight. Yeah, that movie's special. Like, there, something that happened on that film... 
you know, it was everybody that came together, every, everyone that was cast at the right time, with the right ideas, with the right technology. Everything clicked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I remember when, when Rises came out, it was getting nitpicked for stuff that was like, why do you, why do you, would you even want to see that? Why? Like the big, how did he get back into the cities? Like, did you know how he's back? Yeah, you don't have to like, see all Seriously, you know how he got back. He snuck across the bridge. He's been like, why would you want to see it? Nobody wants to see that. Exactly. Like, if, it, if it had been in the movie, you'd have been going, why did we spend 20 minutes showing him get back in the city? Batman travelogue, dude. That's what we all wanted to see. How does Batman fly? Yeah, I just assume what Alfred he doing, picked coach? him up in a taxi and brought him home. All right, guys. I think we're at the end of the podcast here. Um, ratings? 10. I give it a 10. I give it a 10, too. Of course. I mean, it can't not be. Yeah. Does, it, does anybody have any closing thoughts? I mean, like, I mean, come on. Like, this is just great. Best comic book. Does anybody have a, a comic book or superhero film they like better than this? Wow. I just think that, like, it's a perfect example of you can have a comic book or, you know, a sci-fi story or, or something that's not a drama. But still weave in themes and subject matter and politics and it can all be in there for, you know, for an audience that likes likes it, but still have a good, solid, fun movie. I, I think I think Batman is at a advantage because everyone already knows so much about it that you can have a movie like this where you don't have to delve so much into origin. Well, you'd also. This is also the sequel yeah, to the origin. But no, yeah. I, I got that. But I'm saying, like, it just kind of like our also, first origin. Also, it, of it kind of, it kind of like feels like it's, it, it can kind of stand alone too. You could, you could not know all that and then still come into this and, and like or something because like because those uh, other films existed though, right? Uh, but it, it's just so much. I don't know. It feels like everybody knows so much about Batman. Where you get something like Green Lantern, you know, you have to go in and really dig into that to to know about it. I remember seeing lots of little fiery Dark Knight logos. Oh yes, totally. And yes. lots of lots of scribbled "Why so serious?" and yeah. and Joker faces. Oh, dude, I loved these posters. I actually like I went out and bought the entire. But like that's what poster you, like earlier you were saying. It's one of those situations where just everything worked. Even the posters, yeah, are bar none. Trailers are perfect. They needed the better score toys. Is though. Perfect. They're the weakest of the Batman toys. Anyway, hmm. <laughs> comparing the suit from Batman Dark Knight to Batman Begins. Begins is the bulkier, tougher looking suit. Right. Dark Knight is the leaner, more utility t- style suit. Which one do you like better? Or did you even notice there was a difference? <laughs> I like this one better. A lot better. It feels like he can move around a lot easier in this one. Like he's, you know. Yeah, he can move his neck. He can definitely move his neck. He's wearing the helmet type thing. But it makes thought, his, it makes his head look weird because his neck looks small. But it does make sense though to have the cow piece separate. I just I just thought that kind of looks kind of strange because is his neck because every other Batman you the know neck the, the neck connected. is is connected and he makes his head look big. But this one he's kind of got like it's like a bulbous <laughs> kind of head with a thin neck and then then the rest of the suit. But it makes more sense because he can actually, unlike Michael Keaton, who had to like turn his whole like had to turn his whole like chest to like look. Everything around. was very dramatic. Yeah, and- yeah. Like this one, he can actually like turn his head really quick. He, he can like get into it. You know, it, it makes more sense. Yeah, I liked the bulkiness of the first, of the dark the Batman Begins one. Right. But I like the like 
design on the new one. That, that little plates of armor. Titanium. It's a titanium and something carbon fiber woven yeah. or something like that. Makes him more penetrable, but for knives. For Yeah, for knives. Or, you know, like a Catwoman could get her claws in there. Yeah, and, and she does. <laughs> yeah. Get in there she and find does. the soft meat. All right, guys. So you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew. And crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right. Extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes or Stitcher. We surely appreciate that. And if you guys want to leave um, comments on um, Facebook and uh, and Twitter, uh, we will read those on the show. And we have really been uh, appreciating all the Facebook comments. Yeah, we love the love. Late. Show us some love. And remember, if you go to Apple iTunes and you leave a five-star review, I'll probably send you a T-shirt. <laughs> We've had a couple people, but I'm going to wait for a few more uh, to do it. We can send them out in big bulks. Have you actually gotten an email from the... Uh... Uh, we, we, we've gotten a couple five-star reviews uh, on I'm, on Apple iTunes, so uh, I'm going to have to contact those people and get their shirt sizes. Damn. All right, Jared, where can people follow you, sir? You can find me on the Twitter at Jared B. Callen, on Instagram at CheckTheGate. Hit me up. Benson, where can people follow you, sir? At J. Edward Benson on Twitter. All right, guys. So, like always, we're going to play a little bit of the soundtrack... Tonight's no exception. The score is amazing. It was done by Mr. Hans, Hans Zimmer, Zimmer and James Newton Howard. We're going to be playing track 24 from the collector's edition of the Dark Knight soundtrack titled A Watchful Guardian. Enjoy.
All right, you guys ready to do this? Do it. You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Oh, come on, be excited. This is the dark night. Okay. You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight... What? No, he was, he was better. He no, was, that was different. It was totally good. He was more animated. Yeah. Oh. Well, it sounded the same. I had my eyes closed. I didn't see your You didn't animation. have the headphones on to hear the nuances. Oh, man. Damn. It sounded better to me, Brian. You're good. Do it, better. This is what actors have to go through. <laughs> Come on. Give me some excitement. Do it better. You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about Christopher Nolan's superhero epic masterpiece, The Dark Knight. I guess I need a better Batman voice. The Dark Knight. (laughs) 